do it. Welcome to Meal Tip Tuesday. It's December 1st. Can you guys believe it's December? Um, I'm excited about December, though. We've got a lot of good stuff going on. Um, I want to thank our sponsors for today's episode. We got uh, Western Meal Magazine. Thank you for supporting us. Ben and Anita Tennyson over there at Western Meal Magazine are awesome. And if you guys didn't know, um, I write for them every month. So very grateful um, that they let me write for them. And I hope you guys enjoy those articles I write. If you guys ever have suggestions on those articles or if you ever have... Uh, something you'd like me to write about or questions you'd like me to answer in an article form, then just let me know. I'm happy to do it for you. So anyways, thank you, Western Mule Magazine. Appreciate you guys a lot. Make sure you guys tell them thanks. A um, couple announcements. Are you alive? I'm alive. Okay. You just don't want to be noisy. All right. There she is. <laughs> you guys always want Sky to join us, so here you go. I come and go. All right. <laughs> Um, Sky, tell them about 50% off the DVDs we've been doing. We have 50% off DVDs right now. <laughs> of all of them, the full set or just one individual, any, any of them, all of them, 50% <laughs> off through the rest of today. Yeah, you got a few more hours. We, we did it for yesterday and we just kept it going for today. But yeah, 50% off all of our DVDs. That includes the whole set. Um, just use code... Good Mule. Good Mule. G-O-O-D-M-U-L-E. Right? Good Mule. So, uh, didn't want to have a, didn't want it to be bad mule. <laughs> so, that's a good deal for Good Mule. All right. Um, also, all week long, we got free shipping on our halter and lead rope sets. If you go to our website, tsmules.com, we got free shipping on those. And then I'm really excited to announce, last week I told you I was working on it. And it is now official. We got our online video library uh, launched. It's on our website, tsmules.com. Super excited. It's been good. There's a few of you that have jumped on there. and But um, like I mentioned in last week's Meal Tip Tuesday, all of the everyday mealmanship challenges for 2020 are on there. Our entire DVD collection is on the video library. And then we have a whole bunch of other odds and ends. Sky's good about taking um, little videos uh, from clinics, um, taking videos while I'm working our mules and other people's mules here at home, and all sorts of good stuff on there. So I think I uploaded, I think I have over 100 videos. I have over 100 videos on there, you guys. That's our online video library. Go to tsmules.com and check that out. But um, all of the mulemanship challenges, you guys have been so good to follow all year long. Those are being, those have been moved over to that. There's a, uh, still quite a few of them on uh, YouTube, but they won't be on there for uh, but a few more days. So, anyways, and one more announcement. Um, don't forget, we're doing our 12 days of Christmas. So tell them how that works. So for everybody that signs up for a clinic for next year, before the end of this year... 2021. Yep. <clears throat> and then you get um, entered in the drawing for Well, awesome they got to enter it before we're doing the drawings. That's so true. So not until the end of this year. So That's a good point. The 12 Days of Christmas starts on December 12th and goes through December 23rd. And yeah, if you, if you plan to come to a clinic of ours, which we hope you do, 
Um, I'd love you guys to join us. If you if you plan to come to a clinic in 2021, then uh, don't wait longer. Get signed up, and then you'll be entered in the drawing. And I got some sweet sponsors. Some sweet stuff from good sponsors. There's also some sweet sponsors. Um, so just to tell you a few, I got Triple H Outfitters, Jeff Ellison, um, Western Mule Magazine, Mules and More Magazine, Keith Wilson, um, uh, Chases or Mule, uh, Nikki Frazier, Jeff Pace Saddlery, Bryce Canyon Mule Days, Joseph G. Saddlery, Colt Nering Saddlery, Ernest Brenneman Saddlery. We got some awesome, awesome stuff this year from some dang good sponsors. So, like I said, if you're planning to come to a clinic, get signed up, save your spot so you can be entered in that. So, and we'll do it live. We'll do a live drawing every day. Looking forward to it. So, anyways, any other announcements, Sky? Nope. Okay. So let's get to our Mule Tip Tuesday, our tip of the day here, um, tip for the week. This week, I wanted to talk about having a different mindset, and this is also somewhat of a challenge. I'd like to personally challenge you guys to do this, but so many times, well, most of the time, we get wrapped up in what our mules can do for us, and we're so focused on getting them trained to serve ourselves getting them good so that we can enjoy the ride, getting them good so that we are safe. Um, and we, we're, we're a little bit, I think we're a lot selfish on this. So I'd like to challenge you guys to change your mindset for the month of December. Um, and I, th I thought this was very fitting for December, you know, celebrating Christmas. I mean, uh, the one that gave all, uh, you know, ultimate service, right? Um, so how can you serve your mule? How can you help your mule be better? Um, so this whole month long, I want you thinking about how can you serve your mule? So some examples of this would be, um, say your mule is really worried, has a lot of anxiety. What can you do to reduce that mule's anxiety? Uh, maybe your mule is really mentally uncomfortable. How, what can you do to get him more mentally comfortable? Um, believe it or not, they don't want to be hard and bracy. They don't want to pull on you. They don't want to lean. They don't want to push and pull, uh, all these things. Um, so sometimes we get just caught up in thinking, you know, what they need to do and what can we do for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So... Basically, ask your mule every day, how can I help you? What can I do for you? And by having that giving mindset, it will really help. Um, it'll, it'll help you in each of your rides and all of your rides as you, as you go out there. Instead of thinking what you can get out of this, what is my mule going to get out of this? And that we've talked about that before, but everything you do, there needs to be something in it for your mule. So... Having that mindset, having that mindset will do you a lot of good. Yep. What do you think of that tip, Sky? Yeah, I think it's easy to get caught up in thinking, you know, what does your mule need because it's more of what you need from them yep. versus looking at it as what does my mule need from me today? Yeah. 
Yeah, how can you help your mule? <clears throat> so, anyways, let me know what you think of that tip. Let me know what you think of that challenge, too. I, I kind of hope you, you stick with that through the month of December. And, um, yeah, how can you help your mule? How can you help your horse? How can you help your donkey? What can you do? How can you serve them? So, I got a couple questions that uh, came in. One of these we didn't get to last week, but... Carol Drogul, I don't know how to say that last name. Sorry, Carol, if I just killed that last name. Um, but she, she wanted to know how you adjust the snaffle bit. And this is important because there's a lot of myths out there and there's a lot of opinions about where to carry this bit, how tight to adjust this bit. You'll hear people talk about, oh, you need a wrinkle, you need two wrinkles, you need three wrinkles, you need to stretch their mouth back to their ears. You want them to smile. There's all, <laughs> sorts of, there's all sorts of bad information out there. Um, on my snaffle bits, I like the bit hanging loosely, basically just touching the corner of the mouth, just touching it, no wrinkles. Because when I pick up on that bit with my rein... I'm going to actually probably apply a little wrinkle in it through my feel. So that should mean something. And if you if you already have a, two or three wrinkles, basically you're just doling your mule or your horse or your donkey down. You're just doling them down. And they ha you have to say, those wrinkles, that pressure that you feel on your mouth means nothing. That's what you're trying to tell them. So ignore that. And don't do something unless I pull harder. So... The wrinkle business, um, if you're asking me, uh, no wrinkles. Just have it touching the corner of the lip. That's fine. Um, and then they can carry it how they like. They can hold it how they like. I also don't like the snaffle bit hanging loosely down on the teeth. That's, that's almost worse than the wrinkles, I'd say, if it's smacking those teeth. So you want to be uh, very particular about how you adjust that. But yeah, just the corner of the mouth, just touching it, no wrinkles. So, um, the next question that come in was from Trina Dowd, and this question is very fitting for today. So, Trina asked, when you encounter something scary on the trail um, that causes the mule to go into the flight or, fi flight or fight instinct, how do you handle it? Um, and then she told me a story that uh, her neighbor just got pigs, Ooh. and so she was riding her mule out. And the pig charged the fence. Oh. <laughs> and uh, her mule Wyatt crapped his pants and ran. <laughs> so, um, sorry, Trina, to laugh at your dilemma, but it's cause I we've can, been there. I, I can, we, we, when Sky and I, uh, towards the beginning of our marriage, we leased a place and they had pigs. And every mule I've ever had has been scared to death of pigs. So, I can't help you, Trina, with the pig thing other than. You guys can guess my answer on that is just get the mule centered. We've talked about that all the time. But basically what I mean by keeping them centered, they need to uh, understand what it means to stay between your legs and between your reins. That's so important. Okay. But when I encounter something scary. So today, for example, um, we had, uh, I, I'm working this mule here for the winter. His name is Salsa. Did you see Donna, Donna Tillman? Is she on here watching? I didn't see her name. Donna's usually watching, or, or David is usually watching, but anyways, I'm working this mule, Salsa, and Salsa actually has not been very spooky or bothered. He's been very quiet, but um, 
you know, I just been working here at home in, in the arena and my field behind the house and all that. And today we decided to go for a little family ride, um, around town. We, we live in a small town and just kind of rural, just kind of a rural town, but, um, we do have these city streets and these blocks and whatever, but, um, so we took a ride around there and, and Salsa seen quite a few spooks, didn't he? He, he saw a few, but you know, how you handle the spooks depends on the mule's experience. So for example, this was his first time basically out in the real world. So I'm not going to make him, I'm not going to make him go through or get past some of these really scary things. I'm just going to try to get him, uh, comfortable and get, and just kind of get past a lot of it. Like, so he was scared of some stuff. Um, oh, I was trying to think of any specific example. Well, there's a... There's like the culvert thingy. Yeah, there's a little culvert, you know, uh, on the side of the road there. And he was kind of scared of the culvert. Like, what's that? Well, you know, if I was... Say I was on a mule that was that had a lot more experience and a lot better handle. See, salsa has no handle, right? I've only had him here a month. There's no handle to it uh, to speak of, really. But if I had a mule with a handle on him, I probably would have went up there and maybe made some circles around it. Or I might have, uh, you know, kind of got kind of busy with different maneuvers. But since Salsa doesn't really know anything, I just kind of rode past it and um, kept the forward motion going because forward motion is really the only tool that I had on this Salsa meal. That's all I could really do. So Trina, to answer your question, it depends on the mule. Um, I, I don't, like I said, it depends. On some mules, if I had enough handle, I don't want them to just be spooked and go past it. I want them, I want to show them that, hey, you know what, when you're with me, there's nothing to be scared of. And I might kind of confront that obstacle and, and get them, maybe I just make a circle around the obstacle. If I can't make a circle, maybe I'll make a figure eight. Maybe I just do half circles on one side of it, whatever. I'll, I'll find one of my tools to use. Um... But I'll I'll hang in there until that mule confirms that it's not a danger. And that's so important because remember, to the mule, to the horse, to the donkey, everything is going to kill them until confirmed otherwise. Everything is scary. Uh, everything is dangerous until confirmed otherwise. So I would hang in there until uh, I confirmed it. Now, like I said, with salsa, I don't have any handle. I don't have any tools to use other than some... I got some figure eights. Um, I can... I can uh, Maybe roll the hinds a little bit, but that's that's about it. So uh, today I was more concerned about just using that forward motion that I have and keeping them keeping those feet moving in a direction that I want them to go. And as we progress, then I will start to confront some of those. So, what do you have to add to that? Um, I don't know. I think sometimes you focus too much on the actual thing they're scared of. You know. Yep. Rather than so, like Ty said. The mule wasn't ready to get, I don't know, get used to those things specifically or anything. Yeah. So he just had to kind of get through it at this point. Yeah. I wasn't worried about getting that mule over that obstacle. Yeah. Because it's not about the obstacle. No. Yeah. At this point in this mule's education, um, I need to just get a handle on it. I need to get it centered, like I said in the very beginning. That's the most important part when they're spooky and things like that is you get them centered they can be scared of anything they want to be scared of, but they know to stay centered and stay between your legs, between your reins, and that should mean something. And that's the most important piece of it all. Um, so, yeah. It depends, Trina. Uh, that's going to be the name of his book. 
It depends, yeah. <laughs> Trina, are you on here? If you are, um, tell me what you think of that answer. All right. Um, if you guys have questions, go ahead and start posting them. Did you see any yet, Sky? I didn't see any. If you got a question, go ahead and, and uh, leave a comment, and we will answer it right now. I saw some about. Happy to help you guys. We had some good questions. It just seems like to go in little spurts. One week there'll be, one week there'll be more questions on here than I can get to, and the next week there won't be very many. And so, if you have a question you'd like me to, to question. Uh, also, I like it when you guys put in the beginning of the comment question. question then go. we can find yeah, it. Thanks, Jennifer. <laughs> okay. Jennifer Leach, go ahead and read this guy. Okay. Ty, I see you used a closed rein in a lot of your videos. Do you have a preference on what I should be using when I come to salmon? I use split reins now, but was thinking of changing. Yeah, Jennifer, on the reins, uh, it depends on what progression I'm in. It depends. It depends. <laughs> so if I'm in the snaffle bit or the hackamore, uh, then I use a Makati. Um, when I go into the two rein, then I'll have a Makati and my set of Ramel reins. When I'm in the bridle, I use Ramel reins. Reins are, are just personal preference. It really doesn't matter what you use. I mean, we've seen everything. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've seen every invention of rain you can imagine. And we've, used um, a lot we've tried a lot too. You know, I'm, I'm not opposed to trying some, um, the, the, the way I ride, I really like the Makati. I have, it gives me that lead rope on the end of that line, uh, on the end of that Makati. I like that in, in that and in the Hackamore. You know, when I go to the, straight up in the bridle, we use a get down rope. Um, so, so I like those things. Um, but yeah, yeah, your reins is just, uh, Jennifer is just personal preference, whatever you want. Um, there's some pros and cons to, to plenty of them. And we could probably have a whole episode about pros and cons and this and that, but, um, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm trying to sell Sky on the Makati thing, and she. No, I like it. You, I you? have a hard time with the with she, the fancy rings. Well, now she's got a mule that's got a neck <laughs> that's a foot long. Yeah, yeah. And so no, that's she's my got, problem. That's, that's cupcakes just, neck this big. Yeah. yeah, so she's got this 22 foot Makati and yeah. this little one. Her foot ears, neck. her ears are this big, and her neck is this. Big. Yep. So <laughs> let's see if I know the question on here. Okay. Good question, Jennifer. Thank you very much. Let's see. Scroll at the bottom here. If you got questions, there's a question from Lynn. Oop, here we go. Okay. Hey, Lynn, go ahead. What should I do if my mule freezes when afraid and I can't get any motion? He then will spin and run for a short burst. <laughs> Lynn, that's it's always the, laughing at that's you the worst. So well, I know <laughs> because that's kind of what Salsa did today. Remember, yeah. he's like, he's like oh, he froze oh. up and then he's got to go. Now he, and of course, he didn't take off. But I've been there a million times. Where that mule gets worried and and takes off, so uh, I've been there a bunch. So when they when they freeze like that, you you got to get the motion going. And if you're getting too much of this, Lynn, if that mule is freezing a lot, if this is if this is the answer your mule gives you when they're getting scared, then it tells you you need to go back and get your forward motion way better. Okay, so so usually the problems that we have we can just go back um, at some point on the checklist and find where the glitch is. And, and that's why I'm so adamant about forward motion, getting it going, be able to walk, trot, lope, um, you know, especially when I'm starting a colt uh, right in the beginning. And uh, so 
when they freeze like that, I'm going to get pretty strong with both my legs, trying to keep that meal between those legs so that I don't get the, the 180 and run, okay? Um, if, if they get real stuck, sometimes you can use reaching exercise number one to kind of get those feet broken off the ground. That's where you get the front end and you just try to get a little, little reach with the front end. Um, and hopefully your mule knows how to follow, uh, you know, the foot is connected to the, that rein so that you can do that. Um, that's important. So yeah, that freeze instinct is not, is no fun for you. So anyways, it's almost worse. Than yeah. If you're, yeah, flight. yeah. If you're, <laughs> if you're getting a lot of that Lynn, go back, get some of the, your forward motion better, get them freed up, walk, trot, lope every ride and get that, get that movement going. Thanks for the question, Lynn. Right. Cody. <clears throat> when bridling after the bit goes in the mouth, do you assist the ears forward under the crown piece without folding the ears? Do does the ear, or does folding the ears weaken the ear? Good question, Cody. So when I bridle, I put that head stall on, okay? The far ear goes first and the close ear goes second, and I always just at the base of the ear, I tip the ear forward. I don't fold the ear at all. Um, if you no fold, crinkling allowed. Don't crinkle. Don't fold the ear. You'll get them ear shy over a period of time. And if they don't, some of them never get ear shy, but they do get, um, I guess, uh, bracy because you kind of hurt them a little bit. So don't fold the ears at all. Just hold the base of the ear and you just tip it forward. And, and remember, um, Cody, I think I showed you this before. Um, in uh, New York there, or I showed somebody there uh, about, you know, when I go to put that bridle on, I have the, I have that bridle loosened up to the last hole on the left side. So I have plenty of room to put that bridle over those ears and I don't have to crinkle them at all. Also, I think part of that is your, because you have it loosened, I don't know how to show it on here, but when you put the ears forward, you have the bridle a little farther out, so then when you, you can slide it across. You're not putting it right above the ears and then having to crinkle down. Does that make sense? Yep, yeah, so you hold it out further so that the tip of the ear goes goes right tip under it. The tip of the ear goes and, first. And you're not shoving those ears under, you're not folding them. That'll cause so many problems. Um, I have very, very rarely uh, met a mule that was born ear shy. They are caught, that ear shyness is caused by us. And uh, I'd probably say 90% of the cases I've dealt with um, has been just crappy bridling, you know, um, people pinching those ears or leaving it real tight. I mean, we've seen some, <laughs> seen some it, it's amazing. Mules, it's man. amazing what those mules deal with. Just <laughs> ripping Sometimes their ears Ty and I are like, oh, oh, we can't even watch. Yeah. Like, wow. It's... The worst one I saw was, <laughs> A uh, fellow would put that bridle just like over the tip of the ear, and then he'd pop that ear forward. <laughs> like he'd pull the ear so the bridle would pop down. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then yeah. we, that but... wasn't at a clinic. That was on a ride. And like, of course, I can't say thing. I only ask. I only help people that ask for the advice. You know, that want. Some help. people don't want it. Yeah, some people don't want my so. help. <laughs> Not your help specifically. Good. Any help at all? Okay. Hey Sue. Susan Leon. Okay. Do you ever? Use any kind of bitless bridle. If so, what kind? Bitless bridle. So um, I'm not a fan of that bitless bridle, um, how people sell that. The hackamore. You know, you, you I use a hackamore for their second progression and for their third progression. So uh, that's super important to me. But I don't call the bitless bridle. It's called hackamore. And I'm talk, when I say hackamore, I'm talking about 
the true traditional hackamore where you're using um, a bozelle, a hanger, and a makati. That's a traditional hackamore. And so I will use I will use that for their second progression. Um, I usually have them in a hackamore sioux for about a year uh, by itself. And then uh, I have them for uh, a little uh, bozalita on them for their third progression during the two rain process. And the two rain lasts about a year as well. So those are, the, that's when I would use that. Of course, in the third progression, you know, when you're in the two rain, you, you have your, you do have your bridle bit on. So I guess that doesn't apply to your question. So yeah, I use a hackamore um, after uh, the snaffle bit progression and before the two rain progression for about a year. Thanks, Sue. Okay. Medley. Medley. My mule has started rearing up and pulling back when I'm saddling her. Okay, Medley. So, you talking about Wapiti? Um, anyways, if they're pulling back or if they're doing any of this stuff, make sure that you don't have the mule tied up, okay? Uh, I found mules have an awful hard time pulling back when they're not tied up. <laughs> so, you know, these are two separate issues, basically. Um, but they can be addressed at the same time, really. So I would go to saddle this mule, um, just on the end of the lead rope, go in your round pen or somewhere where you don't have a whole bunch of country to cover and you can kind of keep her close, but also giving the mule the freedom to move her feet. That's super important. You got to You got to give them that free agency. This is a choice deal. So, uh, when, when that mule goes to, to give you any trouble when you're saddling it like that. Well, I would just roll the hind quarters, and if you need to set the saddle down on the ground, do it. Um, roll the hinds away from you, and try again. And then I would also uh, just say a note here that often they get a little worried about saddling uh, because of a cinchy. Uh, I call it cinchy. They get a little uh, uptight about that cinch being tightened on them. So I would or saddle them. You know, or if you're flopping the saddle. Yeah, down that's something. Hard. Yeah, that's true. So with the cinchiness thing. Um, you know, when I put the saddle on, I'm just going to let that cinch hang uh, just to where my saddle won't roll off. And then I'd finish the rear cinch and the breast collar, the britching, whatever else you got going, Medley. And then I'd come back and I'd tighten it a little bit more. And then I'd do my groundwork and I'd tighten it one more time before I get on. And then with, uh, in regards to Sky's comment about flopping that saddle on, I see that a lot when folks will lift the saddle up and just flop it straight on. For one, that's terrible for your back, too. I'm not saying Medley's doing this, but I've seen that. That's bad for your own back. And secondly, um, when you do that, I mean, it's it, it kind of gets the mules a little bit bothered over a period of time. I've seen a few mules that kind of have struggled from that. So uh, don't tire up Medley. Use your groundwork. If she gives you any trouble, go back to that. So that's, that's good yeah. for today. Yep. It wouldn't be the same if I didn't find you one last one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, about okay. one minute. Okay. Stephanie Kelly, as far as spooking, my mule was centered, but I could not get him to move his feet except for prancing in place. So he's not centered. If you can't move their feet, he's not centered. So remember, Stephanie, when we're talking about keeping them centered, you have four lines around that mule. You got a line on both sides and in front and in back. And if you can't move, if you can't move those feet, then either the front or the back line, or sidelines too, because we move their feet laterally, right, all the time. I mean, I move the mule's feet laterally more than the others, you know. Um, so 
yeah, he, he wasn't centered. Um, in the in the prancing in place, if they get they're uptight like that, uh, a lot of times you might check on your rein. I see a lot of people will, will you know, maybe the mule's scared, so they're kind of holding up on the rein. At the same time, they're trying to get the mule to go, but they don't realize how tight they're holding on. So you need to be aware of what you are doing. Um, and of course, this is... I was just showing Ellie a video yesterday of her doing that. <laughs> yeah, this is hard to, you know, answer without seeing the whole scenario and seeing what you're doing, what the mule's doing. But yeah, the mule wasn't centered, so... Anyways, there's some great questions today, you guys. Thank you for uh, posting these. If, if you ever have questions for Mule Tip Tuesday that you'd like me to answer, just send me an email, ty at tsmules.com, and just put in the, uh, what's it called, the subject line, um, question for Mule Tip Tuesday, and we will get to it. At some point, we'll get to it and answer it for you. Happy to help you guys. So a couple things to remember. One, take advantage of that 50% off DVD sale we got going on. Use the code GOODMULE. Uh, free shipping on the halters all week long. Our online video library. If you guys, if you guys appreciated and enjoyed our everyday mulemanship challenge all year, uh, I would love it if you'd subscribe to that because we got some good plans coming up. I'm real excited for that. So uh, you can subscribe to our online video library at tsmeals.com as well. And if you enjoyed this, please leave a review. Um, if you're listening to this on Facebook. Uh, hit the like button, hit share. If you're listening to this later on the podcast, I'd uh, appreciate a five-star review and let me know what you think. So anyways, God bless you. Thank you guys and we'll see you later.